So in five, four, three... Greetings, adventurer. Care for a story? One of new memories of old haunts and waiting. Who are you? What are you doing in my house? Here lately, it seems like people haven't been, uh, I don't know, as active. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just summertime. I think that Everyone, is part of it, yeah. Everyone's doing shit. Like, I've been at the lake the past couple weekends, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And the only reason I'm not this weekend is because I'm working. Yeah. I work all the time, uh, so that's a thing. Um, I don't know. It, it hasn't really changed, like, ever since this COVID stuff happened. Like, initially there was this ungodly spike of, uh, you know, bread sales, because that's what I do is, you know, I work with bread and uh, bread manufacturing and dis- distribution. I'm in the distribution. And you can't, can't keep up with the bread? Nah, man, it's it's been nuts. And then it went down a little bit for, like, a few weeks and then 4th of July hit and 4th of July is like fucking Christmas for us it's like the busiest beyond time of the year and this year was like because it was like COVID too it was actually like double almost it was it was so stupid and it's because I live in an area where we're we're basically a red state and 99% of the people around me don't wear masks don't bother to um you know they don't they don't think anything of anything that's going on they're just going out as though nothing is wrong and uh so the businesses are closed because it's like state mandated or whatever but as far as like gatherings are concerned people are just like they get it together like more so than they did last year it's it's nuts you know so it yeah, isn't it? it it is it's people are real bright I, I i don't know if you read the whole discord thing i got into about getting into it with a guy over uh racism you know but i almost got in a fist fight a few days ago which was awesome oh you almost got past that old guy or something like that yeah i mean i say old guy he's probably five ten years older than me like i would put him in his 50s probably but he might be as young as 45 i don't know but he's got like a head of gray hair and he's kind of got a massive beer gut and he just looks like a standard boomer you know and uh yeah he uh he didn't like it too much when you know he made the comment that he thought racism was basically dead in this country or something to that effect and and i said maybe you're uh you know your outlook is skewed because you're an older privileged white male and uh boy he did not like that i'm You'd have thought I called his fucking mom like a whore or something. I mean, he went off. I was like, this is nuts, you know, and Caroline was with me. And he was he at one point was she like, was 
sometimes, huh? I guess, man. He was like, I'd kick your fucking ass if your well, daughter wasn't man, here and all this it's shit. Just like, and... like, like people want to like make scenes and sh- like today at work. Some get like we have to. You have to have a mask to come in like Menards where I work. Well, sure. Yeah. And some guy like didn't want to wear a mask, but then he had to put up hair panties on his face. And we're like, <laughs> this legit happened. Like he put a pair of panties on his face, and I was like. That's not a mask. You can't wear that. No, like, we're going to ask you to leave. And then he wouldn't leave. So I had to call the police on him. It was just stupid. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're so divided right now as a nation over the dumbest shit. You know, it does, like, I I don't like wearing a mask myself. It, you know, it hinders my breathing to just a, a small degree, but it's enough to where I'm like, I don't like this. But it's, you know, like, it's that or, you know, I could be, be potentially spreading shit. So I wear the fucking mask, you know. And then I won't say I always remember it because sometimes I'll get to, like, a storefront or something. And I'll be like, oh, shit, I left it in the car. And I'll have to run back and grab it or whatever. Yeah. But I try to, you know. And certainly if I went to a business who have every business has the right to refuse service for literally any reason you know they don't even have to give a reason they can just be like yeah you're not allowed in here that's law you know that's just how shit works and private property people don't people understand that like they think because it's a business that they're right it's their right to wear not wear wear a mask or whatever they want like no that's it's like if someone came to your house and you said you can't have your shoes on and you're like fuck you and they just you know rick james all over your couch yeah yeah and then you can be like, no, you can leave then. And then, but people are like, that's my right. And I'm like, it is your right. You can wear a pair of panties on your face if you want. You just can't do it in my store. <laughs> exactly, yeah. People are weird, that's man. A, no, they just don't, they don't understand. Like, they think they know the rules or the law or whatever, and they don't know anything. They're just ignorant. And then they want to be mad about it. And I'm like, and then the, there's like the, I feel so bad for some of these police officers that have to deal with this. Like, no, this is their property. Like, you have to leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, private property people, yeah, if you get into... What? You know? What? Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to start to say something and uh, then, no. Um, Yeah, you know, uh, like, if you get in an accident in a parking lot, uh, it's like, (laughs) it's it's not their uh, problem, kind of. Like, if you get in an accident on, on the roads, then, like, insurance gets involved in all this stuff but if it happens in a parking lot it's considered private property a lot of people don't realize that so if you hit someone in a parking lot like calling your insurance company they'll be like sorry about your luck because um, this literally happened at my work it was it was hilarious but like also really sad we had this like big fat motherfucker you know not to fat shame anyone but this guy was like you ever you ever meet someone that's so big that they have to like they have like a slight lean backwards because their stomach is so huge that if they lean forward at all they'll just like fall over that's how big this guy was he had to be like 500 pounds you know uh, like it probably takes him like a lot of work just to put shoes on yeah i mean you know and it was he was gross i mean he may have had some form of thyroid problem or something that attributed to it but uh, you know i saw the way he ate and stuff and it was you know it was very much like his fault you know what I mean? Like, he'd go to McDonald's, yeah. come back for lunch, and have, like, six cheeseburgers and wash it down with, you know, a shake and a Coke and a large fry. And you're just going, man, come on, buddy. You know? 
I mean, I know you don't care about your parents, but if you want to live past 45, you know, at least, at least try, you know, but, uh, yeah, he was a real piece of shit, but, um, he uh, had this little bitty car that he would drive in and like barely fit in it, had the seat like pushed all the way back, like practically, you know, to the back seat and it was disgusting and it had, uh, you know, just like trash piled up everywhere inside it and, uh, just completely gross and it had uh, battle damage like on every corner of this car because he constantly was hitting shit my guess being because he literally couldn't turn to see stuff that's how big this guy was you know and uh, he hit a chick in our parking lot and the cop showed up and he totaled out her car and they were just like yeah we can't do anything for you sorry but we do notice the chick that they they turned to her you know we were all out on the dock when this happened uh, she said we do notice uh, that you've got a bench warrant for your arrest so not only did she get her fucking car totaled and they told her they couldn't do anything about it you know insurance wise wouldn't cover it but the cops hauled her away and <laughs> fucking Jesus. fucking Wendell that's what we called him I don't remember his real name it was Brian I think he was real that's yeah that's he, crazy. he I didn't mean I know like if you get in an accident like the business can't do anything either. It's like they want us to like call the police for them or like, yeah. well, nothing to do with us. I mean, you can use the phone if you want, but I mean, it's on your property, so and, it's on and, our property, but it's not our responsibility either. It's just like, yeah, uh, call the police and file a report, but that's between you and whoever hits you. Yeah, it's only your problem if it's like the accident is due to something that you yeah. guys did. You know, well, something. Yeah, it's our problem, but. Like the sign that you have up fell and hit their car as yeah. they're driving out or some shit like that. Yeah. Even but, like carts, like carts, like that. I mean, it's up. That's why it's a. I mean, we probably have to do like we pay out stuff if someone if a cart hits a car. Oh yeah. And that's why prices were like I, we just have signs to say please put our carts away or you know keeps help, helps keep prices look down or something because you know if we have to start pay, if we have to pay money because of stuff we, we raise prices you know to help pay for it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, my uh, my buddy I used to work with, they were working on our building. Gosh, a decade ago now, and uh, they had this siding that was they had just laid out, and like a storm came through. It was like a sudden storm. This happens a lot in the Bible Belt, and uh, it blew some of that siding into his wife's car, and his wife's car was like a real beater anyway. It was, you know, it was like a real piece of shit. But uh, it scratched the side of his car, and he was like, yeah, your siding hit uh, my car. I think it totaled out, and they came out and assessed it, and, like, they took in this, like, damage that she had done previously as part of what had happened, and they ended up paying her, like, seven grand. Uh, so pretty nice because they only paid, like, two grand for the car. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it was it was beat to crap, I mean, when they got it. It was, it was a Lexus, but it was, like, you know, a decade old, and it, it looks kind of like my Lexus does now, unfortunately. Um, I had someone sideswipe me while I was in the parking lot working, and I came out to that and was like, oh, great, my passenger door is all caved in. That's fun. And they just hit and run. And... Yeah, it's always something, isn't it? Oh, man, I mean, that's life, right? But, you, you know, it still runs for now. You know, I've been driving it seven years now. I think I paid eight grand for it when I bought it, so fuck it, you know, it's still running. But it was nice when I got it, believe it or not. I got a really good deal on it. Um, bought it from a guy that had, you know, had it forever and only had like 40,000 miles on it. So 
It was really nice when I got it. Man, yeah, it's still a good car, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, so what's up? Just working and laking it, I guess. Uh, I'm working and laking it. I don't know. Not much. Yeah. We've been, try we've been trying to record me, uh, Nick and Travis, trying to record this, uh, The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. The sequel. Um, mm. It's just we can't get our schedules to line up. It's tough, like, man. Yeah. It's just really hard right now. Like, we're trying uh, this Thursday to do it, it, but I mean, I feel like I lost a lot of the steam I've had. I mean, I beat it like over a week ago now, so that happens too. Yeah, you you can totally tell too in the recording, like whether or not you just came off of a game, or uh, you know, like uh, you played it a week ago or a month ago in some cases, because sometimes like James and I will uh, like already be playing a game before we announce what it is, and then. Like, I'll beat it, like, a couple days after we announce it, and then, like, by the time it's time to record, it's like, I, I don't know, man, I, <laughs> I kind of remember this game, some stuff happened or whatever, and it's, like, really weak show, and it, it comes across, unfortunately, but, you know, you get good at kind of faking it till you make it, and maybe uh, talking about whatever's going on in your life outside of it, kind of like you and I are doing now. I, I hit record a while ago, like I normally do, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, this is uh this is the retrograming round table in this instance. It's uh <laughs> it's me and Cujo. It's more of a one of those like prison walls where we've got the phone in between us or whatever. So not so much of a round table. Uh my original idea for today, a uh, dear listener and Cujo is aware, was to uh talk about like RPGs that were um uh maybe a little you know rarer or or at least in the sense that they're not well known by your average gamer because like i think the average listener to this show and other rpg shows that we've done in the past um probably are you know adamant about certain games like the the cream of the crop that's what most rpgers play you know they'll play all the final fantasies and then maybe a, you know chrono trigger used to be a big one i don't know if the like current youth is playing that one so much but maybe like things like the witcher 3 um, you know, the, the creme de la creme, but we were going to talk about, uh, games that we thought were really, really good, but maybe weren't, um, mainstream. That was the idea. Uh, but then it kind of got like, I was going to record last week, the 4th of July, um, and couldn't round enough, enough, round up enough people, which, you know, the 4th, so I get it. And then, uh was going to do it today, which is a week later on the, I guess the, I guess that's the 11th or 12th, whatever it is, I guess the 11th, um, but, uh, again, like, everyone's like, sorry, can't do it today, busy, you know, all this kind of stuff, so, there you have it, you know, it's just me and you, and uh, as a result, like, I didn't think we were even going to record, so usually I kind of haphazardly make a list up, I, w I've kind of just been like, you know what I'll do in place of that is just kind of look over my game collection and pick stuff at random for the most part. So do you have any kind of list at all, or are you going to do similar? I I mean, not. I haven't really thought of a list because I, I didn't think we were going to do it. So I, I mean, I was going to... Once you said that it was just me and you, I kind of didn't really think about it. But <laughs> no, I mean, You're all good, man. We can talk about literal anything. You and I can do our like uh, RPG origin stories or something like that. That was another idea I was kicking around. I was actually going to ask like just all of the listeners 
to um, that wanted to to send in, record themselves, tell how they got into like RPG gaming, and I was gonna spin that together as like a a compilation where you know however long it takes to tell your story you tell your story about like how it is you got into rpgs to begin with and uh oh, I guess. yeah however you got into rpgs and then uh, i was gonna string them all together for one show maybe get you know five ten people tell however long it takes and just to get to know where each one of us came from as far as um why we like rpgs what got us into rpgs and all that kind of thing so if you want to do that instead we could totally do that yeah, I mean, I figure it'd be better if we wait and get some more input on uh, rare RPGs. Or, hidden gems I guess, and stuff. Not, uh, hidden gems, I guess. I hate that fucking term, by the way. That's like a Metal Jesus rocks term, you know, and I love Metal Jesus. He's actually he's actually pretty great for, like, a guy that's had as much success as he's had. Um, he's still pretty down-to-earth and stuff, which I, you know, I, I dig. A lot of people would have let it go to their head at this point, but he still seems like basically but, the same guy i don't know like i feel like rpg i mean unless you're playing mainstream most of the ones you the good ones i don't know it, not to me man you know some of my favorite rpgs are ones that like uh when i mention them to other people they'll go okay like you know spoiler alert but one of them was going to be uh, paladin's quest which was covered on the rpg show um years ago at this point you know i even guessed it on that show if i remember right and um it's it's a real quirky game, man. And uh, anytime I mention it to anybody, they're like, well, "What's that?" You know, it's like, "Oh, well, it's a game by Enix before they joined up with Square, and it plays a lot like Dragon Warrior, except it's got like this crazy color scheme and this wackadoo story, and you use HP as MP, and that sounds bad, but it's actually kind of decent when you once you get used to it. And it's it's just this weird game, man. But you you play it for a few hours, and you get like used to how it plays and it's it's really good man you know i i wouldn't put it up against like the top tier shit but it's so much better than uh what it's remembered for those few people that remember it and that was going to be one of the ones that i was definitely going to talk about um but yeah games of that nature i know that you were uh, probably uh, you had mentioned like sukoden which you know is isn't mainstream uh, but it it is a little more well known um, than. than... Uh, I was gonna say, uh, trails of in the like trails in the sky, like that one. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, but it's like I don't know. It's everything I ever wanted in an RPG. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and I keep meaning to play it. You know, I've got I've got a copy of uh, Cold Steel, I think, or whatever, but. Yeah, it's it's way better than Cold Steel. Like Trails in the uh, Sky is the one on the uh, it's portable. On PC. Uh, I think it's on. I think yeah, I put, you can get it on Vita. Yeah, I, I thought it was on PlayStation Portable. Um, yeah, but you can download the the portable like the PlayStation Portable like version, version on Vita. Of Vita. Sure. So you it's, don't have to have it. So technically, you could somehow with a Vita play it through your PS3 as well, right? It's you can download it. Right. I know there's a way uh, to do that. I don't have a Vita as of yet. Uh, it's one of those things uh, I you figure. You buy it on your Vita and you just download it. I know. Yeah, it's one of those things. I, I keep meaning, like, I'll pick up a Vita when they go, like, absolute dirt cheap, which is probably any day now. Um, you know. I mean, I got a Vita TV for, like, 100 bucks or something like that. Yeah, I, I remember. I feel like that. they're going to go way up because they're pretty rare. 
Yeah, no, you're right there. I wish I had one. Uh, yeah, I saw a TV today that had a built-in uh, DVD player. I went by uh, Savers, which is like a Goodwill, basically, for the first time in four or five months. You know, I, I used to go there nearly daily, and I saw TV, like a flat screen, CRT with a built-in DVD player, and I almost bought it. They only wanted 19 bucks. I was like, yeah, I could hook up all my oh, retro dude. video game systems to this and shit, and then I talked myself out of it and ended up buying some, like, garbage-ass, uh, well, not garbage, but, like, lesser games that I didn't really need from uh, Savers. Uh, Bust a Move 2 for the PlayStation 2 just because it's got that weird baby on the front. I don't know if you've seen that cover, but it's, like, it's a really odd cover, so I picked that up mostly based on that and then time splitters too because i i know it's a good game and i've just never got you know i never played it so i was like oh fuck it i'll pick it up for three dollars i think and then last week i picked up uh, a bunch from the goodwill um duplicate cards goodwill? yeah picked up uh mario kart 64 which was a dupe but my wife loves that fucking game so i got it for like five bucks and, uh, Mario Kart, you said? Or... Yeah, Mario Kart 64. Um, picked that up and uh, gave that to the wife because she's got a 64 in her room and she was constantly borrowing my copy, so now she can just have her own fucking copy, which is nice. And uh, I picked up another copy of Super Mario World and Super Mario All-Stars, and I have a, a friend here that is getting back into retro game collecting, so I picked those up to him so gave him a good deal on them and uh yeah you know so that was cool but yeah what i've, what I've been doing is uh i'm trying to get through like a bunch of these playstation 3 games oh yeah um i uh i don't know why i've just just been doing these like bad uh licensed movie video, video games nice so like uh like the Wolverine one, you know? Yeah. I heard and the I movie, or the game was way better than the movie. Like, Wolverine Origins is actually a halfway playable game. It might have been when it came out. Now it's kind of trash. <laughs> okay, right on. Good to know. Uh, I've been, like, just a lot of stuff, like, maybe, like, what was it, seven, eight years ago was okay. It's kind of crap now. A lot of it, yeah. I played uh, Green Lantern. Like Green Lantern wasn't bad. So uh, better than the movie. But uh, what else? I did. Um, I just did this Terminator Terminator Salvation. Yeah. <laughs> just like really quick games. Just to, I mean, because you're never gonna be able to play them again eventually. Like they're gonna just go away because the licenses is up. So I don't know. I've been buying them real cheap on eBay and just platinum real quick. Now, now when you say you won't be able to play them again like you'll still be able to play the physical copies right like they'll still work in your system they just won't be able to download any updates or anything like that right yeah you won't be able to download them ever uh, i doubt they'll ever relicense them because the games are crap and then once discs are gone they're gone you know like once they're like it's like i bought one green lantern and like i couldn't get past the first level because it would just kept it kept freezing up so i had to buy another one I mean, there's only like ten bucks, so it wasn't like a big deal. But you know, one day they'll be they're gonna be rare because I mean, eventually people are just gonna throw them away. Like, but, uh, I don't. I, I guess this it may be news to me. But are you saying that like some of these? 
I've heard this before, but I thought it was kind of malarkey or something. Like, some of the discs are literally just like a disc, and then you download the game. Like, the disc, it doesn't have any information on it at all. Is that what you're telling uh, me? Or? No, I'm, I'm saying, like, you know, eventually the, the disc degrade, and then you will oh, sure. play them. I mean, that'll be forever from now, though. I mean, I've, I've got games that are, you know, nearly as old as I am that are CDs. I mean, probably older than you. Like, the original Sega CD stuff is, you know, 31 years or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's fucking old. Yeah. I, I just, I just want to get... I, I think the other thing is I just want to get done with, like, PlayStation 3 and be done with my stuff on there. There's some things I just want to get through and be done with. No, I get it. I've got, like, a huge pile of stuff that I own for the PlayStation 3 and other systems. And I'm like, yeah, one of these days I'm going to get... And I never fucking... I haven't... I was pretty good about hooking up my PlayStation 3 for a while because I refused to put uh, Netflix on my PS4 and it would force me to hook up my PS3 and my old 360 so that yeah. I could watch Netflix. And then while I had them hooked up, I'd be like, well, I might as well try this game out or whatever. And uh, I finally got tired of doing that. I just put Netflix on fucking uh, PS4 and I haven't plugged in any of those systems. Or the last, I think the last time I plugged in the Wii was when we did... Uh, that show for Sight and uh, Xenoblade or whatever, and for what? For Xenoblade Chronicles, you were on that show, oh. weren't you? Yeah. 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 That um, was... Funny story. I'm playing that again but for, the R- for the RPG show. Oh yeah. yeah. I I'd jump in on that, but I I couldn't. Like maybe if I had like like I said on our show or my show I guess the ones that you uh, guested on if I broke my leg or something like that that'd be a game I could maybe get into because it's just too big um, I mean you could say that about the Witcher as well except the difference is the Witcher is like really fun and that game <laughs> is mediocre so they did have some like quality of life improvements like you can uh, fast travel a lot easier it's not mm. so hard to find it because I didn't find it for the first like you know, 20 hours mm-hmm. um, the first time. And then uh, there's, like, a little, like, dotted line take you to your destination, like, so you're not searching. I mean, it was really hard to find things the first time you played that game. You oh, don't yeah. know where anything so so big. And, like, all the quests and stuff, like, they pop up as exclamation points now where before they didn't. So everything's mm-hmm. a little bit easier to find. It's a little more streamlined. But still, you're running through this whole, like, the maps are so big. Sometimes it takes like a minute or two just to get one from one end to the other, or you're swimming from one end to the other. And then, to me, the, yeah, the story it's, was... It's, I just... I, I, didn't, yeah. I know you hate the story. It's kind of basic, but... It's basic, and it it's dumb as fuck. It's like, oh, there's two big robots, and these robots are also the Earth for some reason. And, and it's like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, that's, that's more than that. Well, whatever. It's just dumb. I'm not... I yeah, can't... Not for you, I get it. I can't get into that kind of like same with anime. When anime gets all like super wonky like that, I'm like, no, I'm out. It's like I'm all for like things that are, uh, you know, obviously like sci-fi or fantasy and stuff. But there's like a limit to how far I'm willing to be like, oh come on, you know. It's like the yeah. the idea of like terraforming the moon with magic, like on in lunar, that makes sense. You know, it's like, hey, you know, we killed our planet. Um, beyond repair and but we had this goddess that uh, used her magic to make our moon habitable 
and her power is what's keeping the moon, you know, habitable. Uh, it's like, okay, that's that's cool. That's something I can kind of get behind. It's, you know, obviously not based in any kind of actual reality, but, you know, I, I can dig that. But, like, hey, there are these robots, and they're Earth. Somehow we live on a robot, and it's like, I know. It's just, I don't know. I just... That kind of yeah. stuff. I'm just out. I just, it's the yeah, same. Everyone else that they don't like, they're out. Yeah. Like, and I, I like Xenogears. I remember really enjoying that until the last disc. And even that was fine. It's just I didn't get to play. So, you know, but I, I loved Xenogears. That's one of my favorite PlayStation games of all time. And then Xeno... That's the, a, a lesser known one, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, like not everyone. I mean, it was a greatest hits for PlayStation, so it had to at least sell what's that a million, I think. But um, yeah, it was still, you know, uh, lesser known, especially at this point. Um, your average RPG player probably hasn't played uh, Xenogears. Maybe one of the sagas, like Xenogears was a lot more popular than Saga 1, 2, and 3, and then Chronicles was fairly huge for whatever reason, so... I don't know, but but yeah, I haven't uh I haven't been playing anything. Uh, normally, I open up the show about you know what you've been playing. You kind of already told me, but uh, I did I did download because they had like a big summer sale. I finally uh, got around to playing uh, Injustice. I think you and I talked briefly about that. And it's you know it's got RPG elements. Uh, this Injustice Two, not the first one. The first one was kind of trash, and it's good. You know, uh, it's not like Street Fighter 2 or 3 or 4 levels of competency when it comes to the fighting aspects, but it's fine. And uh, the characters are really cool. You know, I'm not like the biggest DC fan, but they brought in like uh, Ninja Turtles, which is badass. Because I'm like a huge Ninja Turtle fan. And in fact, on the Ninja Turtle episode of uh, Is It Worth It, uh, James mentioned they were on there, which kind of piqued my interest. And he said, like, on the show, I, he said the only playable character was Michelangelo or something, but your other brothers would jump in. But it's actually, like, whatever weapon you equip the turtle with, it depicts what turtle you play as. And they're all, like, so different. You play as a ninja turtle in... Yeah, yeah. All, all four of them. How's that? How are they in... I don't get it. How are they in DC? Well, they did have a comic book. I don't know if they're, the comics affiliated with DC now. It wasn't. Oh, there was a there was a Batman Turtles like comic book. I guess there's been a couple of those. But yeah, they got they got those. Um, of course, the uh, Mortal Kombat has been uh, crossover with DC a few times, and they've got like uh, Raiden and uh, Sub Zero are in there. Uh, <laughs> There's some others that, it was like Swamp Thing is in there, which is, you know, I love Swamp Thing. I didn't think he was DC, but maybe he is now. Swamp Thing Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, um, he's, there's a Swamp, there, there was a Swamp Thing comic book for a minute. Oh, I knew there was a comic, but I thought it was Image or something, um, or Dark Horse. They might have, they might have bought him. I know that, like, uh, DC bought Image or something like that, so maybe oh, okay. it was. Yeah, because all the Image, like Wildcats and all them are in DC now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never got into Wildcats. Like, I was into uh, Savage Dragon for a minute, if you remember that guy. Yeah. Uh, he was like a big green monster with a fish mohawk that was also a cop. Yeah, most people don't remember. Was he more like a dragon? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess. He, he looked like a one of those fishman f- things from fucking Castlevania that jump out and spit at you. That's what I mean. He kind of looks like those guys to me, but I don't know, man, you know. He, he was a cop, and he fought the Ninja Turtles a few times, I want to say. Like, there was some crossovers there, I think. It's been a long time. Like, I haven't been into comics in, like, fucking forever, so. Yeah, yeah I'm, like, barely, like, probably still got, like, my feet in there a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. So, like, I, I still read it. Like, I still download, like, the ones I really like, which are, like, X-Men and Wolverine, basically. It's all I really think. Every once in a while, like, I'll have a... I don't know. I feel like I want to read Batman, so I'll catch up with all the Batmans. Right on. He married, he married Catwoman in the comics, so that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, I mean, makes sense. She's she's in the game, uh, and it's it's kind of a it's a unique storyline. I guess it goes off the Injustice One storyline, where like Superman snaps because they kill Lois, and he wants to kill criminals. He killed Lois on accident. Uh, no, Lois gets killed by the Joker, and then... Oh, um, he kills Joker. Uh, yeah, Soups, like, kills Joker, and then starts killing, like, everybody. And half the superheroes side with Superman, uh, like uh, Batman's son, the, uh, that eventually turns to Nightwing, I think. He, uh, he sides with Superman, and, like, Wonder Woman sides with Superman... And so they're like split, and you know the Flash sides with Batman as does Green Lantern, I think, and you know they're like so all the heroes are split, and then you got the villains that are also uh, kind of split actually, and they're you know you can in the game you can like at at the end of the game you, know, you choose which side you want to kind of be on. And you can either go the Superman route or the Batman route. And if you play as Batman's route, you can beat Supes and like you put Superman in like a red cage at the end of the game. You know, like a, a, a red red star cage to where it like depletes his powers and he can't get out. And if you go the other route, Superman uh, uses uh, Brainiac's machines to like uh, mind control all the other heroes that didn't want to help him. So like. They don't have a mind of their own anymore. Superman just controls them via computer. So, like, both endings are kind of fucked up. But, you know, that's cool. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. Sounds kind of interesting. I mean, the storyline's intriguing. You know, you can get through it in about four hours. I went ahead and did both ends of that. And then I uh, spent a little bit of time with Caroline. She likes playing fighting games. We were, like, building up Harley Quinn and uh, Starfire. You know, some of the girls, because she likes the girl fighters the best obviously and uh yeah i had a little fun with green lantern too and you can get on there and they've got like dailies and stuff you can do kind of like a lot of games these days are more online than not and get on there and unlock like legendary gear or whatever or you can just like pay a buttload of money to get ahead of the game and get that kind of stuff i hate, I hate having pay to win stuff yeah i mean you can get all this stuff for free but the amount of like slogging you have to do is kind of unreal and then you have to like open up these loot boxes to get gear like you you can't just outright buy gear you got to get like lucky with it oh jeez but then you can get uh these tokens that will um level a piece of gear like if you find a epic or legendary gear that's like low level and then you get to be level 20 30 you can use one of these tokens to change that gear randomly stat wise um 
to match whatever level you are and so you can like it'll still be like epic so the stats will be really good and then it'll match your current level and you can get some really great shit that way so i mean there are ways to mitigate it a little bit but it's still a coin flip you know kind of like i played a lot of fucking harley quinn i probably put like 12 hours in the game or so and probably six eight of that was like trying to level harley quinn and i got her to level 20 maybe 21 and i got her a buttload of gear and i only have like three epic pieces out of all that playing and none of them are like anything to like write home about they're all good but they're you know i was looking at some other people's builds and i was like ah fuck well you know how much money this guy spend or how much time you know Eh, whatever you know i'm kind of over it now but it was it was a fun game i think i paid 14 bucks for it it was the gold edition so like yeah. came with all the um, uh, characters yeah that's yeah i mean if you, i'm not a fighting game guy so yeah. that, i lose interest real quick well it helped that it was dc and like i said the turtles were fucking in there and uh, a lot of other guys that weren't necessarily DC. I'm I'm like blanking on the half of them, but there's there's a lot of weird choices too. Like um, they didn't have Mr. Freeze. They had some dude named Captain Cold, which maybe you know who the fuck he is, but I had no idea. It's basically Mr. Yeah, Freeze. Yeah, he's Captain Cold's a uh, Flash villain. Like okay. he has his like uh, I forget what they call it. I can't think of it right now. But he has like a a squad of bad guys that are always against him and Captain Cold's like he's got like a gun that freezes things yeah I mean he's basically Mr. Freeze why not just fucking have Mr. Freeze you know there was a lot of it was like why, why would you have this guy there's a lot of that going on you know like Red Hood and uh, the Blue Beetle who apparently is like OP you know when you play fighting games there's always like one or two characters that are considered like S tier and I was looking at like the rankings of like the top ranked players and they were all ranked like, I'd say seven of the top ten were all Blue Beetle players, so obviously that guy's, like, OP. And I'd never even heard of him. I don't know who the fuck the Blue Beetle who is. is. The Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle? Yeah. Uh, which one? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> is it the one that, like, the, the Beetle, like, goes all over him, or is it kind of like a, just a guy in, like, a blue suit? Uh, well, it's like a android type of suit that's all over him. Like, yeah, okay. So yeah, there's like a guy that's named Blue Beetle had no powers. He's just a kind of like a Batman type, where he's just rich and oh yeah, had like a lot of money and was smart and made like machines and stuff. Oh. And then there's another Blue Beetle where like the blue, the Beetle thing like was like an alien technology that uh, he could wear as a suit and give him powers. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I uh, I'm not the biggest DC fan like i i watched all the batman movies and superman films and I mean, there's a t there was a period when i was uh in my 20s where i was just like deep into like everything so i know uh, like all the all the superheroes and villains and, yeah well, that's me um, with marvel i know marvel like real well like even like really small characters and stuff from back in the day i i know but um dc i never got like that that into now the old 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 dc stuff i know because uh, the town i grew up in in uh, worcester which is a town no one should know where it is it's where my mom still lives there's like it's like two thousand three thousand people that live there but there's a library that's been sitting there since uh like the turn of the century and it's like a little hole in the wall and they used to have a bucket 
uh, like, well, I say, but it was like a box of comics that you could rent, and they were all from like the 30s, and they were all tore to shit. But um, I read like all the like old old uh, League of Heroes or whatever it was called um, with yeah. like. Superboy and Lightning Lad and Punching Kid or whatever and fucking Brainiac 5 and Laminate Lass. There's a chick named Laminate Lass. You know what her power was? She she could make it light. She she could like glow or some shit and it was that was that was it. I mean, <laughs> you know. Lightning Lad. Lightning Lad. Yeah, he no, but Laminate Last, like lamp, like luminate, but laminate or luminate last or something like that. Yeah, she just made like stuff light or something. It was really lame. Punching boy was like this fat kid that like could punch real good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty pathetic. Uh, but they had a bunch of those real old ones. They were all torn up. A lot of times, like uh, pages were missing from them and stuff. So you just kind of had to guess what went on, but. So I read a lot of those as a kid, like the ancient stuff. And yeah. then they had some other stuff, like the they had the very first uh, DC Marvel crossover, which was like mid seventies or something, and that was pretty cool. I remember running that a couple times and reading through that and uh, comic books. Well, one of the ones I really got into. I don't know if you know. Do you know who Booster Gold is? No. Sounds like a Mario RPG villain. He's a he's a DC like superhero, and he's basically like, like, for the for the longest time he is basically like the lamest superhero. He basically uh, was a janitor in the future, yeah, right. and like say it's like you're in the year twenty three hundred or something like that. And all the old superheroes like from our time, he he's a janitor at, at the museum, and what he does is steal like a time machine and like a flight ring. You know, okay, and and goes back in time and becomes a superhero just to be like, but he's he's like very vain and like uh, very egotistical and all this stuff, and he's like the worst, and everyone hates him. Okay, um, so it's kind of like he's just like the lamest character for the longest time, and he's like on some like the the Justice League like North or something like that, you know, some of the like C team, um. Well, then they had this comic. He got his own comic, and then what it turns out is, well, they they made the story where he is actually saving. Like he has to pretend he's a very bad uh, hero because he's actually like there's another time traveling villain, and if they find out he's a superhero, they'll like you know they'll try to kill him. But he actually is like fake bumbling to like save people. To make it like that's a, that's his cover. Oh, I see. It's very. It became like a, like one of my favorite comic books ever. So if you ever look up Booster Gold, it's like probably some like 2010 ish time. Yeah, it might be able like to get a paperback or something. Where uh, before they rebooted the the thing that uh, it was like my favorite comic book because all the ways like he like he had to, like pretend he sucked, but uh, yeah, he was actually saving like. He had to, he had to like get in Batman's way because if he didn't, Batman would got killed or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, he has like future knowledge, so sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah neat. It sounds so, interesting. I always like when uh, like time travel is done well, which it's never done perfect because it's impossible to do it perfectly. You're always gonna find some kind of weird plot hole. 
but um, yeah. when it's done really well, like Back to the Future, Chrono Trigger, you know, both do it uh, as good as any. You know, it's one of my favorite things because uh, the idea of manipulating time is fucking awesome. You know, you don't you don't think about the fact that the Earth is like careening through space at like several thousand miles. You know, <laughs> and uh, any kind of time travel that you would do if it was in the actual same. Like, if you're traveling through time but not space, then uh, yeah. you're going to end up in just, like, some area of blackness or, you know, potentially in the center of a star. You, you have no idea. And that never comes up, you know. It's like they decide to travel back to 1955 and the DeLorean's just floating out in space somewhere. Uh, Would have made a lot more sense. But, yeah, that's why you got to say time and space, man. you got to... Yeah, you got to say time. Yep. Yeah, you gotta mix it together, but then people are like, "Why do they say space?" And it's like, "Because you're an idiot. You don't understand anything." Why put well, on your mask. My, one of my favorite uh, concepts is a. Uh, Do you ever hear of a comic book called Exiles? Uh, not that I'm aware. Um, that one is uh, it's like all the alternate superheroes. Okay. Like alternate, alternate, not like so. You know, like say Marvels. Uh, universe 616 is what that is. Uh-huh. So there's infinite universes of infinite sure. characters. So, yeah, there's basically uh, a group of superheroes that come together to save the multiverse. So they just jump to all these different, like, you know, what if Magneto uh, beat P- Professor X back in the day and there's, like, that world? Or what if Apocalypse, you know, sure. all these different all these different variations and then you know the superheroes from each one of those worlds and they come together and uh they they go and try to save the you know the multiverse and stuff so that so you get you know you can you can do whatever you want in those stories there's no like protection like right. when you do like the main marvel stories you can't really kill off everyone or you can't do this to one character because that's you know that's wolverine he's wolverine he's your money maker you can't really do too much stuff with them, you know what I mean? You you can, but then you have to write in some, like, bullshit reason as to why, you know. Yeah, you retcon it back eventually, you know. You can kill him off, but he's going to come back to life. Whereas, like, in this book, you can do anything you want, so it's a lot more, there's a lot more different uh, stories you can tell. For sure. So. Yeah, it reminds me of what you're describing of, like, the what-ifs. Uh, I used to be into yeah, those. It's, it's, it's what-if, um, but... They connected all the stories together, basically. Mm-hmm. I used to love What If. You ever read the one with uh, What If Iceman and uh, the Human Torch teamed up? Have they hooked up? Yeah, they, they teamed up. Instead of like being a part of the fa- Fantastic Four with the Human Torch oh, yeah. and X-Men with Iceman, they like uh, they didn't join those teams and just like tried to be their own guys, but then at some point they became friends like randomly, and they were like, hey, we should team up, and then they're like, the very end of the comic, if I remember right, like, uh, they were like, all right, let's power on, buddy, and they, like, Iceman ices up, and the Human Torch, like, fires up, and their powers cancel each other out, and they just, like, fall on the ground and, like, get surrounded by monsters with guns at the end panel or some shit like that. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess that could happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, that's the thing, and, like, even some of those what-if comic books, like, they would take characters from there and, like, incorporate it into that, into, like, the Exiles comic books. Oh, nice, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, yeah, we're definitely talking up, a lot about... Huh? Oh, oh, is that Nick? Yep. Oh, hey, Nick, what's up, man? Just woke up. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, we're, uh, uh, I mean, we're talking. We were talking about fucking superheroes and shit because uh, we kind of abandoned the idea of uh, doing the hidden gems or lesser-known RPGs just because uh, we don't have a lot of guys here, so we just kind of been just talking about whatever the fuck we felt like. We're, I, I, I gotcha. Yeah, we were kind of kicking around the idea of, like, uh, talking about uh, RPG origin stories, like how we got into role-playing games to begin with. I don't know if that's something that uh, you ever did on your show or not. But, uh, I think I told mine on your show where uh, I got thro- thrown through some d- drywall, but I could go through that again at some point if you wanted to join us for that. That'd be awesome. Uh, are you planning on doing that right now? I suppose. Okay. <laughs> Are you all right, man? I do anything. We just uh, talk. It's shit, huh? I mean, I mean, I, I was just trying to wake up. That's all. Yeah, that's all good, man. We won't go with you first. I won't be that cruel. Uh, Kujo, do you have like an interesting story about how you got into RPGs at all? Uh, basically, I mean, it's not a lot like a. Uh, crazy story I think my, my dad had a regular Nintendo mm-hmm. and he had like Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy and okay. I would watch him play when I was a kid and eventually I got old enough to try it myself and you know I played it and I you know I thought those are the most interesting ones because you can like level up your characters and yeah, uh, like, like the original Final Fantasy you know mess around have a black mage white mage all that kind of stuff and you have a party and i never really got really far on that i mean i think i got across the bridge and you get the pirate ship and all this stuff mm-hmm. i remember doing that and then um when i was i think third grade or something i had a super nintendo and uh my surrendered final fantasy 6 or something like that and that was the one that like got me hooked mm-hmm. and after that I just looked, i was trying to every i i I don't know, like the immersion in that game when I was a kid, like I got so immersed and I was like, Shadow is my favorite character ever and um, I just loved it. And so after that, I just kept trying to find the game that would, you know, rip, you know, give me that same feeling. Sure. It's rare. Um, yeah, it's rare. So, I mean, there's a few of them that did that, but nothing like, you know. The first time, six. yeah. Yeah, that first one. But, I mean, that, that gave me the taste and ever since then I've just been... I love, like, how you just get immersed in the game and everything else just kind of... You don't think about anything else but the game. Right. You you feel more like you're you're part of a world instead of, like, watching through a window. It somehow draws you into, you know, having the story yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. That's how I feel about it, too. Yeah. I, I, I first came onto RPGs. Similarly, uh, I think I was in the fifth... Yeah, I was in the fifth grade. I'd, I've been a big gamer before that. Um, I think I've told my... Uh, the, how I got into gaming um, before, but just real quick, like uh, I used to not be into gaming, and then I was really like outdoorsy type of kid, real country and shit. I liked uh, fishing quite a bit, and every time I'd visit my grandmother, I'd like spend the whole week fishing. And uh, then one year, uh, 
like we got there and it was like raining real bad so my older cousin david was like hey why don't you come in and play the nintendo and i had a nintendo at home but we had all assumed that it was like the atari so it had just stayed under the, the bed in my parents room for like a year and we'd never even taken it out of the box because atari sucked and uh we just figured it was more of the same um sorry to all the people that love atari even as a kid i was of the era i did not like atari i thought it was crap as a kid i was like what's this i liked frogger i remember that one and space invaders but like for the most part it did not hold my interest um maybe it's because i just didn't have a vivid imagination at four or whatever but anyway we thought the nintendo would be the same and uh my cousin David like brought me in. I think the first game I played was Contra, and then um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. And it was like after that, like got home, and all I wanted to do is play video games like all the time. And uh, when I moved to this area, uh, I made a friend, and he got the free copy of Dragon Warrior from Nintendo Power. This would be in 1991, I think, or 90. And he hated it and said, hey, if you want to borrow it, indefinitely, you can. And he let me borrow it, and uh, I was, like, confused as fuck at first as per what was going on, because it seemed really lame, you know? <laughs> Just, like, walking in circles, and sometimes, like, the screen would flash, and then there'd be, like, a slime standing there, and it had all these, like, command prompts and stuff. And But after a while, I started to get it. And uh, then I, you know, there's not much story there, but I started like kind of getting into what was there. And uh, I would imagine, you know, the first Dragon Warrior doesn't show any kind of animations at all. It'll just describe the attacks. And you've got like a still picture of a slime and it'll say, slime let out an excellent attack and have that noise. And you just have to imagine all that kind of shit. And I can vividly remember doing that, thinking like, well, you know, what would a slime do to do a devastating attack? What could that thing even do? And kind of imagine how it would transform its body into like a spike and send itself through my stomach or something you know just weird little kid shit but i got really into it and it was like the first game that uh i didn't get bored of after like maybe six or ten hours you know like i was still playing it a week later kind of thing and after that like anything that even looked like an rpg i was grabbing up you know like games like swords and serpents and fucking i mean just absolute trash that wasn't rpg at all and, you know, at that time I also found games like uh, River City Ransom and um, stuff that weren't RPGs, but they had, like, a lot of RPG elements. Uh, of course, the original Zelda and Rygar and things like that, Battle for Olympus. Um, and, yeah, I just never looked back. When I really, really got hooked, it was much like Cujo, uh, except it wasn't Final Fantasy VI. It was uh, Final Fantasy IV. When I first saw Final Fantasy IV, I was fucking blown away. Uh, I, I didn't think there'd ever be a better storyline going back to it. The storyline's, like, really bad. Uh, but it's, it's got good elements to it, don't get me wrong. But overall, it's, like, it's pretty meh. But I, I love the characters, and I love, you know, the the, uh, the systems and stuff in that game. And, uh, you know, that's probably my most played RPG. I've probably played through it at least ten times, probably more. And, yeah, after that, I just played literal everything for years up until... About through the PlayStation era, if it looked like an RPG, I would at least rent it, you know. So, that's basically how I got into it. Go ahead. There's a lot to choose from back then, too, so you pretty much had to take what you get. You really did, yeah. Like, on the original Nintendo, um, I mean, there there is a lot, but a lot of them are so rare. Like, I didn't even learn about them. 
like a video store might have like a hundred carts, you know, and you might have five video stores in your town or whatever. I don't know where everyone lives, but, um, they all pretty much had like the same shit and then like maybe 10 or 15 variations from each other at most. And so a lot of games, like I just never saw as a kid, you know, I might see it in a magazine or something and be like, oh man, I wish I could get this and just, you know, literally never saw it until a decade later. Um, games like uh, Magic of Scheherazade or Times of Lore, I probably would have been into that as a kid. Um, the other Dragon Warriors, I never saw, like I, I played through one, but I never saw two, three, or four until much, much later. I think I played four after the Super Nintendo had already come out. So, you know, you had that going on. They, they weren't just like few and far between, but like they were weren't popular so you didn't see them even if they did exist you know here uh they were hard to find they were very niche you know so and then a lot of them that were around too were just absolute crap like ultima like people love that game i don't know like for ultima for the nes i think there's three of them and they're all just absolute shit to me like what i get what they're trying to do they're like really grandiose in like their thinking you know i never can, those I mean, it's neat, you know, it's kind of like uh, Early Witcher or something. You can attack anyone in the game, including King Britannia. Uh, you know, if you want to go murder this sheep over here, you can fucking do that shit, but then the guards are going to attack you and you won't be able to win the game. And You know, you, you can do whatever you want, but it's like, because of that, like, graphically it suffers a lot. Um, you know, the story is almost non-existent. It's... They're not good games. Like, there are people that swear by them to this day. Mostly, like, guys that are older than me that, I guess, had to develop a better imagination than what I have. You know? Because there are still guys that are, like, in their 50s now that think Atari is fucking awesome. And they fucking go on about that shit. And there's podcasts about it. And, and they have, like, tons of viewers. And, uh, assumably, they're all, like, guys in their 50s because... I, I don't know. Maybe, like, the generation below us wouldn't be able to play a Nintendo game. I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the kids I've met don't have a problem with Nintendo but can't play Atari. Like It's just, like, it's, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about it. I just, Atari's not a good system. It's, I never, never, I don't think anything good's ever came on it. I don't understand why people, like, go apeshit for it. And if someone offered me even close to what, like, my Atari system boxed and stuff was worth, I would just, I'd be, I'd be glad to get rid of just shit that, you know, I don't, it's just a dust collector. The only reason I know anything about Atari is because uh, when I was uh, a kid growing up, I had to go to, like, a latchkey program. Oh, yeah. Um, where I had to go to, like, daycare after school. And it was the Salvation Army daycare. Uh, and all they had was a fucking Atari. <laughs> had to play something. So, it was what? I said you had to play something, you know, so there. Yeah. Like, Here you go, motherfucker. So, play this shit. Were, <laughs> so, yeah, there was like, it was Pac-Man, but Pac-Man was like kind of square, and then there was like... A blue background and like really bad music, and yeah, that game yeah. was trash. <laughs> and then there was like, there was a, I remember the one that really sticks out of my mind, I don't know why, but it was Basketball. But <laughs> I played that. <laughs> they couldn't even make a circle. <laughs> right. It was so bad. Yeah. It, you got like I mean, one black stick figure and one like off gray stick figure and like a dot. It's like a square it, it, dot or something. 
what's the one where you're jumping over the pit? Is it Pitfall? Yeah, that, Pitfall's okay. Yeah, that was the only one that was kind of like. I mean, just the, all the controls are garbage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no response time and die all the time. That was the game that made like um, side scroller type games popular back in the day and it was the first game that had like multi-screens where you would hit the edge of the screen and then it would like continue I know on one past. Good, one good Atari game. Okay. That I think I mean if you're bored you, you could probably still make make it fun. Yeah. Frogger. Yeah Frogger, Frogger. Frogger's good yeah. That was the one go-to I had as a kid that I, that I didn't hate completely was Frogger and then later on in life I learned of a game called Hero that is really good for Atari. It'll blow your mind. It looks like a Nintendo game. It's 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 decent and it's got like platforming and like some minor item collection and stuff like that. And it's actually graphically half decent for. I mean, again, we're talking about a four bit, you know, system more or less. I mean, it's you could do it on a pocket calculator from a decade ago, but you know. Yeah. Um, for Atari. Was, was a snake game ever an Atari game? Uh, you know, I don't know if Nibbler ever made it to the Atari. It was an arcade game before it was, you know, uh, Snake for what were those, the Nokia phones back in the day. There was a game called Nibbler. I love, I love snake game. Yeah, you should uh, become friends with Tim McVeigh. He's uh, He's got a documentary called Man vs. Snake. And, the uh, Unabomber? Not that guy, not that Tim McVeigh. <laughs> oh, wait, no. No, uh, Tim McVeigh was the guy that blew up the Oklahoma City uh, Oklahoma building. Oklahoma City bomber, my bad. I know he's a bomber. Right, he was friends with uh, the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Uh, they were all, uh, him, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Ted Kaczynski were all in uh, cells together well, awaiting. Um, if one thing Netflix has taught me is that they're all connected somehow. Well, they were all placed in a, you know, to be executed in a cell together for a while, and they were all highly intellectual and ended up uh, striking up a friendship through, you know, that kind of stuff, which is just like, like really? I feel like uh, the Unabomber was just bored, and he's... Well, like if you read into Netflix, his life... He blew people up. Yeah, I mean, if you read into his life, he was incre an incredibly gifted mathematician. I believe he attended Harvard... Um, like he was, he was something else, man. And then, uh, claimed like there was like government experiments done on him or something at some point and was lashing out because of that and stuff. And it's like, there's some credence to the shit he was saying, or he could have just been like a schizophrenic psychopath that was also incredibly, you know, intelligent in, uh, in certain areas. And any, any of those things could be true. I mean, I, I don't put it past the government at all to, to try and uh, experiment on um, uh, mil militarily to, on uh, someone that was of his uh, degree of intelligence, you know, and uh, to try and, uh, I want to say he was saying they were running experiments on him to try and, uh, uh, like, unlock the potential in others to become, you know, whatever it was that made him good at math, to make others good at math, and, like, they ran experimental drugs through him, and things like this and there is some documentation to support it and stuff so i don't know it might be something to look into if you're a conspiracy theorist i just kind of think the guy was crazy and really smart but it's still kind of interesting but no not that tim mcveigh uh this guy was the guy that gosh back in the 70s or something i, I want to say it was like the mid 70s there's this game called nibbler that is basically the snake game and um 
there's a promotion because this game actually had a uh, scroll bar that went into the billions. They ran a promotion that the first person that uh, was documented to get a score of one billion would um, win a Nibbler machine. And as a kid, he was like 14. He was the first person to do that. And his record stood for like 20 plus years. Um, and he had to stay up, I think it was three days straight playing to be able to get that score. And then uh, someone broke his record in like 2015 or something like that. And he came out of retirement, so to speak, to try and win his record back. And was like streaming and doing stuff, you know, trying to do it. And uh, finally did actually get his record back. It was immediately broke again, but still it was really cool. And uh, hmm. they, they made a documentary. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. And I became friends with Tim. And it turns out he's, like, just a great guy, uh, really highly intelligent. We, like, align politically and stuff. So, like, I'm constant, like, constantly liking his posts and stuff. So he's just a really good guy. And uh, it's hmm. a good documentary. We did a show over it on Video Games the Movie, uh, Man vs. Snake. So check that out if you want more information. Nick, do you have an origin story? Uh, I guess so. Um, so I didn't start playing video games with Atari like you fuckers, but I, uh, <laughs> do remember I started on NES, and uh, I think the first game I played that I remember playing was either, like, uh, Mario or Duck Hunt, but my grandparents had Friday the 13th for some reason, and I enjoyed playing that. Mm-hmm. Um. Friday the 13th but, for NES? Yeah. Oh, that game me as a kid. That game's a good game. I'll defend it. It's it's executed poorly, but it's good. Hard to figure out what the fucking to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't remember much about it. I just remember like <laughs> walking around and then Jason coming and killing the character I was playing as. I'm like, fuck, okay. It's my new character now. I think in that game, like even if you beat Jason, he just comes back to life. Like, well, you have to beat him so many times. Um, the whole deal, it's, it's convoluted. Like you have to like cabins get attacked by Jason and you're warned of when he's about to attack a cabin. And then you have to get one of your counselors to get to that cabin to fight him in that first person, uh, view to make him run off and that will save the children. And then you can find a lighter to light the fireplaces of the cabins to where he won't go to those cabins. I guess he's scared of fire. And you can also fight Jason's mother to get uh, her sweater, and then you'll take half damage from Jason, and you can also fight her a second time, she's in these uh, caves, to get a pitchfork, I think it is, and that does like super heavy damage. And then each counselor has their uh, like hidden abilities, like you've got Mark and I want to say Jessica are like really fast and, and jump very high. And then you've got the character, uh, Mike, is is the funny one. He's like a black guy, but he's really slow, and he doesn't jump very high. But he's the best at the rowboat, because there's a section where you can actually cross the lake in a rowboat, and he's, like, really fast in the rowboat. 
uh, and Jason will attack you in the water, so like you want him for those sections and stuff. But you only need one counselor to win, but each one has like different properties and stuff, and you can get them to have different items, attack items, and so on and so forth. And you want to place them throughout the camp to where when Jason attacks particular cabins, you'll have one relatively close to go like scare him off so he won't kill the kids. And then after you kill him so many times, and I believe you have to have certain items as well. I can't remember and have lit all the cabins. I think it you get an ending that says like uh jason is dead for now and you get like a picture of his hockey mask with like a knife through it and some blood or something it's been a long time but that's all i you know i remember that i think uh there was an episode of the angry video game nerd or one of his where he like beat it and he had like he had to explain how to he had to look it up or he had to figure it out it took him forever but it was yeah. that's a pretty good episode it's it's convoluted. I, I remember doing it as a kid, and I, I haven't gone back to it because I'm a, it's like a good memory, and I'm almost positive that that game is not as good as I remember. So, sorry, Nick, to take over your. But yeah, that's all good. It's just I mean, I, it's it's content. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, brother. Continue. It's all good. Uh, I mean, maybe I'll go back and play it one day, but probably not. No. Sounds fucking like you have to have a, a walkthrough almost to even get it done the first time yeah no way i'm spending that much time fucking around guessing and checking and hoping to god i got the right uh uh mix of like things done in the right order in the right item at the same time kind of shit yeah it's it's infuriating i remember that because jason attacks at seemingly random and he doesn't there's like no grace period there's three days uh, and like day one, like within the first like three seconds of play, you start hearing that that buzz, that beep, and it's like one of the cabins is getting attacked. And the first time you play, you're like, well, "What the fuck is that shit? What's going on?" And then you get like a a message like Jason has killed the kids or something. And you're like, "What?" <laughs> and you have like no fucking idea what's going on. It took a while, but it's one of those games I spent time with because it's actually like I said, it's just it's one that like. If you read about it, which is what I did in, like, Nintendo Power or something, uh, you're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. But, like, the game itself doesn't tell you any of that shit, so you're just, like, completely lost. Well, I think with Nintendo, uh, the early Nintendo games, they if they told you how, or they gave you any help, the games wouldn't last as long. And, yeah. Uh, so they had to just kind of let, let you had to figure it out for yourself. For sure. And that's probably, like, as far as LGN games go, that's probably their best one on the Nintendo. Uh, so, but anyway. So they had... Uh, they made, like, the X-Men game, the Back to the Future game. They were real big on, like, the uh, licensed uh, movie titles. All um, the shitty games. Most of... If it's a shitty game, yeah, they did <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Um, oh, I hate that Roger Rabbit game. That... I, off because he had no idea what to do. Yeah, I actually like that game. I know how to I beat think it. Dick Tracy was one of them. Yeah, probably. Um, they uh, LGN's the company that had the the rainbow. LGN stands for oh something Jack. I can't remember the guy's last name, but there's this dude named Jack something or other that like made these he, these shitty ass games where he would put like almost no effort into them. Uh, his company, but they would uh, spend all the money to get these big licenses because, like, they made the Terminator game. I remember probably the Rob no Robocop was Ocean, but they made like a lot of these big 
uh, Lethal Weapon, I think, might have been one of them. Like, the big movies of the time, they would get the rights to make the game for it and then just, like, put out the biggest turd you can imagine. And it would still sell because kids would be like, oh, I love Lethal Weapon or whatever the fuck. And then they'd get this game that was barely playable. And uh, dude was just raking in money hand over fist. Well, uh, later in life, he made, uh, and I've got a bunch of them. They're all absolute shit. He uh, created what's called Jack's Pacific. Again, he used his first name, Jack. And they made all those uh, plug-and-play devices like uh, Spider-Man and Scooby-Doo and all, SpongeBob and all those things that you would see at, like, your Walgreens or Targets for 15 20 bucks. 10, 20 years ago, he was the guy that made all those. So, uh, well-versed in making absolute just garbage for, you know, three decades or whatever. And then he died, so that's good at least. All right, uh, continue, Nick. All right. <laughs> um, so, essentially, I went from that. Like, I don't think we, uh, my parents bought very many games of the kids. I would go to, like, this local... Uh, video rental shop shit and just rent whatever fucking games they had. And I can't remember if the first, I would say, RPG I played was either Mystic Quest or uh, Super Ninja Boy. But I want to say I played Super Ninja Boy before Mystic Quest. And... Starter RPG. Say that again? Mystic Quest is a good starter RPG. Yeah. Your first one. Was it Super Ninja uh, Boy or was it Super Ninja Brothers? Uh... I think because I think the NES one was uh, Super Ninja Brothers, and then they had two, or was it Little Ninja Brothers or something? Little, little something. Ninja Brothers, yeah, Little Ninja Brothers or something. You're right, you're right. Yeah, it was like RPG like, but not Super yeah, Ninja I, Boy. I guess I don't know that one. I think because they went to the SNES, and that's why there's Super in it. Yeah, no, I'm, you're probably right. Uh, uh, like I just remember playing it because there was these two ninja kids. And you could, it had, like, a world map, and then you would have, like, side-scrolling battle encounters, and then sometimes you'd fight a boss, and you'd have, like, an actual turn-based RPG thing happening. I don't remember if you leveled up stats or anything like that, but I remember I liked it a lot as a kid. Hmm. Um, but I still hadn't, I guess, registered, because I think it was... Like, this game came out early 90s, and I was, like, four, maybe? <laughs> so I don't... I didn't register what the fuck, how this game was different than anything else. Yeah. I guess it was just like a different kind of game to me. Like, I could play this game, or I could play, like, Mario, or the fuck else. It was just a different type for me. Um, but then a little bit uh, later on, my dad was friends with this guy. Uh, I don't no, it's become of him, but his, uh, I can't remember his full name, but it's like Trin Ben or something. I guess he's like Vietnamese. I don't know. Uh, but they are an army together, and he would come over all the time and hang out. And uh, he brought Breath of Fire once. Mm. Uh, I guess because he wanted to play it. I don't know what the fuck. It was just, he was playing it in my house. It was just weird to me thinking about it now. But he came over, him and my dad had some beers, and they were playing Breath of Fire. And I was like, interested in what they were doing. So I asked if I could borrow it and play it when he left he's like yeah sure so i played that a hell of a lot and he saw that i liked it so much he's like well you can have it just keep it and from that point on i think uh that's really what cemented my i guess love for rpgs because it was 
it's the only Super Nintendo game I can really remember investing a heavy amount of time into and wanting more. Like, it was the most developed, I guess, product no. at the time that I had any experience with. Uh, because, like, I think when I played Mystic Quest, I was at a relative's house and they were having some kind of party or something. And I went up to their attic, which I guess was where the child that was part of the family, his room was. And I asked if he had any games to play, and he had Mystic Quest. So I played that for a couple hours. And that was enjoyable, but I hadn't gotten the same kind of experience as I did from getting, uh, from playing Breath of Fire. It was just something, I guess, engrossing about the whole thing. And from that point on, uh, I think the PS1 was coming out around that time, and we got a PS1, and uh, my first two games for the PS1 were Wild Arms and Final Fantasy VII. Nice. And I remember... The next two big ones for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I remember, <laughs> I have a really bad, <laughs> a really bad, it might actually be a racist story in hindsight, but I don't know, because I was like fucking seven or eight, I don't know. But uh, it was my birthday... And I had gotten Final Fantasy VII for my birthday. And I was having a slumber party thing with a bunch of kids from school. And uh, we were doing stuff. I think we watched like some TV with pizza, watched a movie maybe. And then I was like, you all cool if I play this game I got? And they're like, okay. And so I started playing Final Fantasy VII. And we got to name all the characters. And being kids, we like named them shit like fucking Cloud and Boner. And... Uh, very, I think we named like fucking Dick or something. I don't know, yeah. but we just made them stupid fucking names. We're playing the game, and uh, there's only one black kid there, and we we're all just having a good time. And then he asked me like a, an hour, a half in maybe. I think I had just beaten like the first reactor. He was like, "Hey, can we watch a movie now?" And I was like, "Okay, what movie do you want to watch?" And I think he said like The Little Mermaid. And then that was probably the worst thing he could have ever done because every, everybody was like, what the fuck can I watch The Little Mermaid for? That's a girl's movie. <laughs> and uh, like we like I, we bullied him because we were like, why the fuck do you want to watch The Little Mermaid? We're playing this game and we're having fun with it. And this, this black character on here is cussing and shit. And it's great. It's good times. But uh, he was crying and I ended up having to wake my parents up to call his parents to come pick him up and I don't remember ever talking to him ever again huh. after that <laughs> I don't, which is unfortunately he's, I guess he was a nice enough kid I don't really fucking remember I was like seven like I said yeah but, I mean I don't I don't think that's racist at all I mean it just sounds like there was like this weirdo kid that wanted to watch fucking Little Mermaid instead of do something cool and you bullied him you know that has nothing to do with color if you guys had like started slapping down racial slurs or something <laughs> <laughs> That would have been like, God damn, Nick. That's what I kept expecting you to be like. And then we just started calling it M-bombs and we're like, fucking go to the, under the sea, you little bitch or something. I was like, oh, no, where is this going? But no, that sounds fine. Man. That's fine, man. Yeah, but you reminded me of a story I heard on another podcast where uh, that was very racist, where this guy was talking about um, he had a... A, a friend that was black when he was a kid and he invited him over to like uh, go swimming and his dad was like no he can't go swimming in our pool because uh, black people are greasy and <laughs> he was like he'll oil up my pool 
and he was like oh, okay and like he, as a kid he said he went on for like and his dad like afterwards like the kid went home he's like yeah don't invite that kid over anymore and like so they didn't weren't friends anymore and he said he went for years thinking that like black people must be greasy because like his dad had said so and he didn't realize that was just like some racist bullshit and then to make the story even worse he said uh like years later uh he heard about that kid and he was it was like by this time like maybe 10 years old instead of like five or six or whatever the fuck and the kid was uh, had his arm out the window while they were driving down the road and another car like ripped his arm off and they couldn't Jeez. get him to the hospital in time and he died oh, <laughs> so, damn i was like oh, yeah i heard you talk about that little kid with hanging out with the black kid and it like brought me back to that dude's story and i thought i'd share it because that's the story i told caroline <laughs> every time she puts her arm out the window i'm like you know there's this little kid a long time ago that a friend, I just say a friend of mine, even though I don't know uh, the guy personally. Wow. But, That's yeah. dark. Oh, dark I'm, as fuck. I'm, yeah. no, I'm no. glad I could uh, bring that back up for you. No, it's fine, yeah. So, <laughs> dear, up. dear listener, so if you have children, <laughs> keep their arms inside the windows, please. You know, it's always one of those urban legends you hear about, but, like, this guy was like, no, nah, I, I straight up knew this kid that that happened to, and... He was like, that's when I learned that my, like, dad was racist, like, years later, thinking back on that. And apparently, like, they're estranged now. His dad's still alive, but he, he like, won't talk to the dude. Rightfully so. Uh, yeah, if my dad yeah. did some shit like that, I'd be like, I, you're fucking nuts. So, uh, what, what was your guys' like, I guess yours is Final Fantasy Seven, Nick. Uh, what was, like, your second, like, after, like, so mine was Final Fantasy Six, like, that really got me into it. What was, like, your next big one? Mine was uh, Earthbound. Like I got that for my birthday. Oh yeah. And I played the shit out of that game. Like it was, it was almost as good as Final Fantasy VI, but uh, I don't know. I just love like that game because you can kind of put yourself in Ness's shoes, you know. No, for, for sure. Like for me, um, you know, Final Fantasy II was the one that like really drew me in, and then the next one that did so was Lunar, um, big time oh. because of the fucking oh. voice acting and shit. I love Lunar too. Yeah, like I got it for PlayStation. And that, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was huge for me. Like the with the voice acting and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like, first like PG was voice acting. Yeah, and and it came out years before that on the Sega CD, and I think you know a lot of people would argue it's not, but I think that's the, the superior version. I like that version better because. Uh, the characters don't say shit after, like, every attack, which annoyed the fuck out of me on the PlayStation, especially with Nash, because, like, all of his uh, is just, check this out! And I'm like, hey, shut the fuck up, man. I just didn't even want to cast spells with him. It pissed me off so bad. Uh, they didn't do that. And then number two, like, people in the PlayStation version only get, like, six abilities to use, uh, or spells or whatever, six or eight. And in the original version, like, Mia, by the end of the game, if you leveled her, has, like, 25 or 30 different spells. Granted, most of them you won't use. Kind of like in Breath of Fire, they deal, like, a set amount of damage um, and don't scale with anything. So you just use, like, your latest ones, but, like, your earlier ones are still there if you want variety, which is nice. Um, and then, you know, I just like the story a little better in the original one as well. Ramus is a little more badass, I think, um... So, you, but you know. said you, you never played the PlayStation one yet. Oh, oh, I played all every version to completion. I played all all of them except the PSP one. I couldn't get through that one. So, but no, I hey, played. Nick, have you played? 
Have you played Lunar? Um, yeah, I never played Silver Star Story. It's the first one. Yeah. Right? Uh, like, I haven't played the original PS1 version, or where the fuck, like, I don't know where the fuck it started, but I had gotten, uh, Eternal Blue, the second one, and mm-hmm. I played that, um, and then, I guess retroactively, they released the Game Boy Advance version of Luna, yeah. and I played that, and I beat it, and I, I'm probably the eighth of this, but I enjoyed it, so, if, I, I know it's probably, the, like, the worst, uh, version, so I would probably really enjoy the first one. Yeah. Oh, actually... Uh, I played it when it came out on PSP for a little bit, but something, I'm not a fucking handheld gamer, so I stopped up for like eight hours or something. Yeah. No, the the PSP version has the worst voice acting by a lot. I absolutely can't stand what they did there, and that's why I couldn't get through it. Um, Got it. The Game Boy Advance version is actually pretty competent. It was made by Ubisoft after uh, working designs um, kind of died. They got rights to be able to make Lunar Games, and they created that one. It's actually pretty competent. It's not nearly as good as the original versions, uh, the first one being on Sega CD and then later uh, Saturn in Japan, but then uh, they brought it over here on the PlayStation. Um, Those original versions, the Sega CD and the uh, PlayStation version, differ wildly. They're like the same game, but very, very different. Um, I don't know how to describe it exactly without getting like in-depth, but if you played them both... The same story for the most part and everything else. The characters are all the same, but like they, they just play different, but neither play bad. So, um, But yeah, all the Lunar games. And then, like you said, Earthbound was one of those that really, really drew me in, like drew me back into RPGs for a while. Um, uh, more recently, like Witcher 3 was one of those type of games that fucking just, you know, all I could think about while I was working was, oh, I got to get home and play some Witcher 3. Um, I'll say Fallout New Vegas was one of those two for me. I just really wanted to play that like mad for a long time and then just kind of, it was kind of suddenly like I, I was playing like 30, 40 hours and then I was like, yeah, I'm done. You know, I do that sometimes too, but Nick? Uh, say that again? <laughs> oh, he was asking what, what were some other games that were like huge for you as for like, we know what your first games were, but were there any other like just huge game RPGs that like really drew you in, really uh, made you um, have a love I mean, of the genre. I guess I would say like I've obviously played a lot of RPGs over the years, but the, there's only a few that really stand out to me. Like at each, I guess ye- I don't say year, but like at certain points of time, and they'd be uh, so like starting with Breath of Fire and like Wild Arms and Final Fantasy Seven, and I enjoy. As a, as a person, <laughs> I enjoy Wild Arms way more than I enjoy Final Fantasy VII. Uh, yeah. And I know everybody like, hates on Wild Arms for the graphics or whatever, but they're enduring to me, and I will stick by that forever. Um, but I think from that point, I went and played... I think I rented Suikoden from maybe, maybe a blockbuster, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the hell out of that, but I was never able to secure a copy until I was older. Um... And then Valkyrie Profile came out, and I was upset I couldn't get it uh, right away. Um, but I managed to grab a copy at a Toys R Us because I conned, well, I didn't con, but I think I begged my aunt to buy it for me. I know. So I was like, you never have gotten me Christmas pre- or birthday presents or Christmas presents or anything. Can you please get this for me? Please, please, please. And she bought it for me, and I played the fuck out of that. Um... 
for me, like, uh, oh, sorry, I just thought of one, like, uh, I played the original Sequeldin, and I rented Sequeldin 2, mm. and I remember I, like, loved the shit out of Sequeldin 2, like, it was just, like, one of those games that just, I don't know, like, I couldn't get enough of, mm-hmm. and I was at the mall, and it was in the used games, I still have it, it had no case, but it was, like, 20 bucks. Nice. And I bought it, and it, that was, nice. it was, like, my, like, you know, mowing the lawn money or something like that, it was, like, 20 bucks, and... I don't know that that was one of those games, but because like I love the game, like how there's there's like a continue continuation of the story from the first one, and if you like got all the 108 stars and all that stuff, you can like get McDole from the first game, and yeah. you can like you can have like the ultimate team, you know, like the ultimate uh, protagonist team, uh, and just crush everyone at the end. Sequel uh, in two, so for sure, yeah. Speaking of, of like a great answer, um, because that was the first game I remember. That had a uh, a character that uh, you thought was gonna die, but you could actually save uh, in Pawn, and then later Gremio. Um, that uh, that was the first time I remember. Like I, I guess Chrono Trigger with like Magus or whatever. Those are, but that was more like you could just miss them or like do storyline things. But like well, the first time you play through Suikoden, if you didn't know, you would just think like you can't win that battle against whatever that General McDowell or whatever. Tio. Um, is it Tio? And uh, but yeah, you adopted that or whatever. Right, but you can. Um, it's just you know you have to choose all the right things because he hits like a Mack truck and Pan does not. Uh, you have to level Pan, I, I think, pretty he- heavily and get kind of lucky or or know the commands or whatever. And that was that was really big. And then like you said with Suikoden 2 you got your copy out of a bargain bin well I was so hyped for it because like Suikoden was a game that made me want to buy a Playstation um a, that was like the game that made me jealous of my friend that got one like day one up until that point I was like yeah this thing doesn't have anything on it that I even want I don't care about you know 3D graphics look like shit to me even back yep. then um but then Suikoden came out and like I saw him playing that and I was like oh my god I have to play this and he let me borrow his PlayStation for a week and I I played through that in fact I think I still have the save file from that playthrough like 20 whatever years ago it's been but uh when 2 came out I wanted it like crack you know and uh but was making minimum fucking wage I was 18 years old and I just got my like first real job and I was barely fucking scraping food together and shit and uh, was like, I guess I'm just never going to have that. But I had a friend that worked at uh, another Walmart and uh, I guess I was talking about it a lot like to him. And one day he showed up and he worked in the electronics department and he just handed me a copy and uh, he had to take it out of its case. He took it out of its case and took the manual and left the part that had like the electronic strip that would go off if he like took it you know too far from electronics or whatever <laughs> and uh, so I don't have the back insert but uh, that's the copy I have to this day is the five finger discount copy that my buddy got me can be that yeah it's free and it fucking plays and I printed out a back insert for it and it looks legit but it's it's not so unfortunate well i guess since we're all talking about how we got our copies of sweet and two on my <laughs> 16th birthday i think uh i went to gamestop and i was looking around and there was nothing i fucking wanted and i'm like man 
Swirlish, I could find something good. So I think I grabbed some random garbage off the shelf and was getting them out to check out. And I noticed the guy in front of me was doing a trade-in. And he had a bunch of games he was trading in. And like they were taking games off the stack. And one of them was sweeping the two. And like, the, like, I, like totally out of character for me as a person. I walked up to the dude. And I was like, excuse me, I will buy that from you right now. I don't care how much they're going to give you, how much you want for it. He's like, what? I'm like, I will seriously, I will pay whatever you want for that game. He's like, okay, how about 60 bucks? I was like, okay, sure. And I gave him 60 bucks and I'm like, fuck out of there. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no no problem. Yeah, I don't even think it was a $60 like, it was mint title, condition, but... too. Yeah. And at the time, I think that was running for like 200 bucks, so it was like, fucking steal. Yeah, it's definitely gone down a lot. Like, uh, those of you that are, that are still listening that uh, might want to play Suikoden now that you've heard us, uh, you know, rant rave over it, you can play those all on the PlayStation 3 for some reason. They released it, like, right at the death knell of the PlayStation 3. Konami put them all on there. And I don't think they've ported them to 4 yet, so. Well, the, well, the reason they have, so 4 is ported, but 5 isn't. And because of the guy that was in charge of that, apparently, uh, who was really uh, pushing for the Suikoden games to get uh, put onto the PS3 that either uh, like died or got fired or left the company or something so there's nobody there to push for 5 gotcha. that's why it's never been put on there nice well, 5 is great too I, I don't think I've ever actually played through it I, I think I've played a bit of it I, I have them all but you know time and I'd, well, I was going to say I'd have to hook up my Playstation 2 but I just looked down and the motherfuckers hooked up and I didn't even know <laughs> so yeah, no excuse. I'll get on right on that. But yeah, I was I'm sure you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when before you like when you started. Yeah, since we're all talking about you know how we got our sweetening too, I thought you were gonna go into some story about how like you sucked a bunch of dick or something, like some cracked in. Get a yeah, copy. I'm just my girlfriend dick, so. Yeah, no, it would have been. I thought you were going for funny, and I was like, oh, here we go. Nick's gonna do one of his famous, you know. But no, all right. Anyway, yeah, cool, 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 cool. I don't really have anything. Not that funny. <laughs> What's that? I think I'm not funny. Shit. <laughs> You're pretty funny. I don't know, man. I, I'm. I was thinking about like, what is the weirdest thing you did to get like a game or whatever. I remember for um for Final Fantasy three, like my cousin and I, we had a paper route that um like we made basically nothing off of and we really wanted Final Fantasy 3 and we both begged our parents and shit and they were like, you know, no, we're not giving you any fucking money, you fucking you know, whatever they, we were all poor and that's you know, that's why we had the route to begin with but I think that thing, like we were splitting like 20 bucks a week, which, you know looking back, that's that's not real great and uh, so one day when we were uh, doing collections for the route we did collections like once a month um we uh, made a little sign that said that uh, we worked for tips that like uh, said like the newspaper doesn't play us please we work for tips anything helps <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we fucking got that motherfucker so <laughs> hey yeah, people, are like, people are like oh well now I feel shitty this kid's like riding his bike all the way over here and you know I'll give him a couple bucks you know and so that's how we got that but, yeah, I don't know if any anyone else has a similar weirdo story about how they got, like, something. Uh, I can't think of any, any others personally. Like, most of my stories about how I got, like, my games, it's either, like, I heard about it from someone and I ordered it offline. 
um, or uh, it was like something I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted and then I randomly found it at like a pawn shop or something super cheap and was just like oh yeah nice and then never saw it again it's like 90% of my games I found in the wild I actually don't order that much offline unless it's like something I really fucking want and uh, yeah I've actually ordered more offline in the last two years than probably the previous ten, so. And most of that's magic cards. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I need to just go to some, like, out of the summer, like, garage sales and see what you can find, you know. Probably find a lot of stuff. You know, you say that, and I, I have found a lot of good stuff at garage sales, but I've also found a lot of stuff that, like, they swear it works, and then you bring it home, and it does not, and then you, like, have no recourse. <laughs> like, that happens a lot. Like, I guess I could drive to that guy's house and be like, hey, man, you sold me some bunk shit, and, you know, knock on the door and try and get my money back that way, but, like, I'm too embarrassed to do things like that, so I have a number of things that people swore by. Uh, especially systems, I'm bad about if I go to a garage sale and they have, you know, an old Super Nintendo or a PlayStation 2 or something like that for $10, I'm just going to be like, hey, does this work? And they go, oh yeah, it does. And then I give them the money and I bring it home and it never fucking does. So I've got like piles of stuff that I keep meaning to fix, some of which I have. Like I built a site in that PlayStation 2 out of two other PlayStation 2s that I bought that didn't work, but I've got two other non-working PlayStation 2 minis that uh, supposedly worked and then like I had a Super Nintendo for a while that I just recently fixed and uh, I think I have two NESs that don't, and I mean Nick's been to my house, uh, my room's a mess I think I cleaned it for like 5 hours before you guys came so that kind of tells you I've got a little bitty room and a lot of shit in it so yeah, yeah my daughter says true, she walked in the room She she stays up late the COVID. <laughs> you guys still there? Or did I lose you? I lost you for a second. Oh, uh, my. Yeah, I heard daughter room and COVID. I was like, yeah, my, my daughter's in the room and she's got COVID. No. <laughs> COVID? <laughs> no. Can you not hear oh, me? Shit. No, she's fine. Oh. I was saying she's staying up, like, late because she doesn't have to go to school because of COVID. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying how she's staying home late, just waiting up for you or whatever? Yeah, so, like, her hours are all, like, messed up. They're basically my hours. She's up at, like, 4 in the morning sometimes, and I'm like, ah, what are we doing? I've been watching a lot of, uh, like, horror movies with her, like, not ones that are actually scary, but, like, old horror movies like the other night we watched uh, sorority house massacre which is like i don't know if you heard her but yeah she calls it the booty movie because every third scene is just like random chicks naked showing their butts and boobs and stuff and i was like daughter (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's funny That whole, that whole movie is hilarious. I mean, it's it's just so cheesy and so bad. Like, it won't possibly scare her. You know, it's just funny. And, uh, yeah, we, we like watching movies like that. Caroline likes horror movies anyway. Like, half the time you go to her room and she's trying to watch, you know, 
clips on YouTube of stuff that she shouldn't be watching. You know, I don't know how she finds it, but it'll be like, you know, Chucky or something like that. And I'm like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, you know, I just like it. And I'm like, okay, well, as long as it doesn't keep you up, and it doesn't, so whatever she's into. I was the same way as a kid. I used to love, like, Freak Show and Tales from the Crypt and all that kind of stuff. So I guess oh, she's... Okay. Yep, that stuff would, that would keep me up back with I have lots of the same things as you, Daddy. Yeah, it didn't it didn't scare me at all. As a kid. That shit was great. Yeah, it still is. I I love all that stuff. I love horror in general. Like it's it. I can count on like one hand the times I was scared, like genuinely scared by a movie. Um, in fact, it's literally The Ring because, uh, and it wasn't the the movie The Ring itself. It was the like DVD like DVDs were brand new back then. And it creeped me out that there was a thing that said, don't watch this. And, like, my friend clicked it. <laughs> and we had just got through watching the movie. And I was like, motherfucker, don't do that. And it was, like, super late. And we were, like, super tired. And it was actually the film that they show in the movie that you're not supposed to watch. And I was like, god damn it. And it kind of unnerved me a little bit. But, obviously, I'm still here. So, that's fine. But uh, the one that actually genuinely scared me was uh, I watched The Blair Witch. Um on a VHS tape like a year I want to say before it came to theaters when it was just like being touted around as a like person to person as an actual like as actual footage that was found and that's how it was presented to me it was like hey man you got to see this crazy uh, found footage basically and we watched the quote unquote film which I thought was actual footage and I was like this is the craziest fucking shit I've seen in my life I can't believe that there's, you know, actually. Like, isn't that crazy? Like that, like people believe that was real. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did because that's how it was presented to me, and there was no commercials at that. And then it like came out in the theaters, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is all just bullshit. But like, I took my mom to the movie, and I hyped it up as being real found footage, and like she wanted to leave halfway through the movie. She was like trying to tug my arm, like, no, we gotta go. And I was like, okay, mom, I this is all fake don't worry she's like are you sure i'm like yeah it is i just wanted you to be scared and she's like i don't like being scared i'm like i know but uh, anyway so yeah but no other movie like i watch a lot of horror and usually it's comical to me and i i force people to watch the really bad ones um like nick he watched uh, truth or dare with me so yeah that movie is garbage that's you mean the greatest movie ever made yeah you're right <laughs> It's really, really good. What was your favorite part? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like a lot of horror movies. Uh, I'd probably say my favorite horror movie is, like, Evil Dead. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, like, things that scared me as a kid were... Uh, I was really scared by the the little doll in Trilogy of Terror. I don't know why. Dolls are fucking like, just... creepy. Yeah, they are. Um, I remember being really scared by the Tooth Fairy thing in Darkness Falls. Like, I would be afraid to go in a dark room for a while. Um, then I think there's, I guess, uh, I just get a general uneasiness when I watch a horror movie, especially by myself. Like, I'll get a, either that night or the day after, I'll have, like, a weird uneasiness about everything. And then that kind of just goes away once, I guess, I, I rationalize that I just watched the movie and there's nothing in the house. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate horror movies. I, they all scared me as a kid, so I just, I can't watch them. I don't, I, don't, I don't get any joy out of it. 
I like I don't know. Huh. Like Freddy Krueger, Jason. Oh, I love all that stuff. All that shit freaked me out as a kid, so I can't. Even as a doll, I, like I I can watch them. I just don't like to. I just they just bother me still, you know. Pussies. That's a shame. You play horror games though, right? Nope. Oh, well, okay. I thought you did. Man. Yeah, I I love horror games. Uh, they create. Yeah, I love horror. Out. Yeah, I'm not a big horror guy. I mean, Resident Evil is okay. Like the first, the second one, the third one's okay. But you haven't played any of the new ones. I haven't played the the remakes or anything. That I mean, maybe one day, but seven uh, was I mean, really good. One of the, like I guess one of my favorite horror games. I don't know if it, you can even consider it now. Remember that like that Tecmo game where you like set traps and shit. Yeah, you, Deception. Like, Tecmo's Deception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you became like the devil or some shit. I don't know. You brought the devil back to life. I don't know what it was. Yeah, you you like stole their souls and like <laughs> brought the devil back to life. Yeah, I I've actually never played it, but James suggested that game in one of our hidden gems like years ago and uh, I've, I've always wanted to play it I think it's on PS3 like PSN for five bucks because I almost bought it one time but, but yeah, yeah you should buy it man it, it, uh, I mean it's different now that like I'm an adult but when I was a kid I was like super into that game right on yeah I know there's another uh, game called Trapped that's similar right? yeah, or so. uh, I know there's a part 4 on the PS3 and the PS4 or something oh really Tecmo's Deception? Yeah. Oh, no. I have them. I They're called uh, Blood Ties, and then I guess like the one of the PS4 is, is like a, an upgraded remake or something, and that one's called The Nightmare Princess, because you can get like an extra character or something. Oh, nice. Are they all kind of like the first one? Uh, well, I've never played the first one, but it's from what little I played of these ones, because I was trying them out. Uh, like you are, you have rooms, and you put traps down, and you got dudes coming in and you use the traps to kill them and shit yep and you, I don't build, know if the... you build more rooms and walls and traps and shit then I would assume it's similar <laughs> I don't know if the plots are different or similar or anything like that but hmm. the gameplay might be cool I'll have to check that out they made more after that first one yeah, I didn't even know the series existed until a year ago when James mentioned it, and then, yeah, I definitely didn't know there was more. Isn't that weird? There's so many games that, like, how many go under your radar all the time, you know? Even, like, stuff that I should know about, you know, I just learned about a River City yeah. Ransom spinoff from years ago that, like, that's one of my favorite games, and I didn't know, you know, I thought River City Girls was, like, the first one. But no, there was one where you get to play as the bad guys that came out like five years ago, apparently. I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't know. Nice. I mean, yeah. I didn't even know Trails was a thing until like three years ago. Right. That, like, I couldn't believe that was a, they existed. Like, that changed my, like, I didn't even, I haven't gotten that excited about a video game, you know, since I was a kid, so. Right. <laughs> and then I went and played all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit much, but yeah, and we call ourselves gamers, right? Yeah, I'm constantly like. I think the issue is that with the expanding technology, like you have more and more people making games, and it's impossible to track everything that ever came out or will ever come out. Oh, like yeah. you'll you'll always be surprised by something. And like when I was a child, everybody would be like, "If you had one wish, what would it be?" And I distinctly remember my wish being, 
I had, I wish I had a, a room that I could walk into that has a physical copy of every game that was ever released and will ever be released so that I have a complete collection. It's like, it's like always been, I guess, I don't know what, what to say, like a, a fear of mine that I'm missing out on something that could potentially be good. Right. Or if it was like a, a desire to like completely have an encompassing collection of like my favorite hobby. Mm-hmm. That's me. I mean, that's where I'm at. Yeah, you you need to look up. I think his name is Dream Tr. I think he actually has. He might be missing a few, but he's basically got every game that's been released to date. And he's got a crazy video game collection. It's like valued Damn. in the millions. Yeah, yeah, including like he used to. I don't know if he still does, but he used to have like a lot of prototypes that were unreleased and stuff. And I think he finally did dump all of them, but. There's, there's a few guys like that. Johnny Ayuchi, he's a big collector. He's got a podcast. Uh, give them a quick shout out called uh, Collector's Quest. And Johnny's got a collection that is insane. He's got basically all the major systems he's got complete. And then he's got a guy on his show that uh, also collects video games, but he collects um, like one of a kind shit. Like, he's got a award from Nintendo that is, like, um, you had to work there 30 years to get it. He's got, he, like, bought that off of a Nintendo employee. And he's got, like, um, original art from, like, cover arts of Nintendo Powers. He's got the uh, book that uh, one of the counselors from Nintendo Power would look stuff up with when you called, like, and said, Hey, I need a tip for Super Mario Brothers 3. They have these huge binders. And he's got that those binders from an actual counselor. Um, and he's got, uh, like, props and stuff, the live props that they used for the covers of uh, some of the magazines. And he's got a piece of the original Nintendo building signed by all the workers that had worked there. I guess they uh, took bricks as they were demolishing it, and everyone signed the bricks before they moved to the new building. And he managed to get his hands on one of those and like just wild listening to their cast you you know even someone like me that has like a extensive collection you listen to these guys and you're like what the actual fuck man and they buy stuff and sell stuff that um would be like you or i buying houses like uh the one guy i was just talking about recently bought and then turned around and sold like a week later a uh, nintendo world championships and uh those go for like you know close to 100k at this point so <laughs> You're just like, eh, oh, damn. they're in another world, but it's cool to listen to those guys because they, when they say, yeah, you can pick this up, it's like super cheap. They mean like in, in around a hundred dollars, you know, <laughs> it's like uh super cheap to me is like, you know, 10 bucks maybe. And even that sometimes I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I want to pay $10 for this. You know, that's a fucking meal at McDonald's or something. But these guys, they, they, they spend a lot of money and it's, it's really crazy. But, uh, yeah, you can uh, well, definitely get into it. Yeah, I mean, when people see my stuff, they're like, why don't you just sell it? And, you know, because I'm at the point where if I, if I, like, went on eBay and I sold all my Magic cards and all my games and all my game books, because, believe it or not, uh, a lot of the uh, strategy guides for the old games are worth as much or more than the game, which is really weird, but I've got a bunch of those. And if I, if I sold everything, I could probably come close to paying off the house, but I can't bring myself to do it yet. It might be Caroline's college fund. 
You never know. Yeah. And she says, yeah. yeah. She then says, what would you do? <laughs> then what would I do? I would kill myself or something. I mean, I'd be, I'll be i be pretty old by then, so it's fine. It'll be fine. Would you break her leg? No. Uh, no, she did break dancing. That's yeah. cool. All right, guys. I think we've been talking. I mean, Nick's only been here about an hour, but Kujo and I were talking for close to an hour before you dropped in, I think. I don't know. What is oh, okay. Two, two hours. Yeah, 2.30. So, yeah, we've got more than enough for a, a podcast. I really appreciate you dropping in, Nick, because it was kind of sad, just me and Kujo. I mean, I say it's sad, and I do literally do another podcast with just one other guy, but this whole the idea of this podcast is there's always a group of us, and just two felt really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks thanks for dropping in man that was awesome my yeah. well, my yeah, booty is showing yeah well you know i'm I'm in my own room caroline this is this is not video <laughs> i'm wearing all i'm wearing is a pair of shorts it's fucking hot what do you want from me girl <laughs> anyway so it's uh, fucking hot here too i don't know going on with this shit my air conditioning, like, I've got, just real quick, you guys don't want to know about it, but I've got, like, a air conditioner downstairs that is literally older than me. It was, like, made in 77, and it keeps the downstairs, like, fucking nice and cool. And then the one I've got upstairs, uh, we had replaced, like, three or four years ago. And if it gets to be 100 degrees, that thing's just like, ah, this is all I can do. And it's like 80, 85 in my house, you know, unless you go downstairs until like after the sun goes down. And then it's like, all right, now I can actually work. But it doesn't matter how low you turn it. it like if it's 100 degrees outside, it's 80 degrees upstairs. It's just the way it is. So it's a real piece of shit um, is what I'm trying to get at. But if uh, if you aren't already, if you're listening to this and you're not listening to uh, my other podcast that's on uh what is that called? The Retro RPG Show, I think. Yeah. And my, my particular podcast is called Is It Worth It? You can find that at uh, RetroRPG.net. Or if you just type in uh, Retro RPG, it is the first thing that comes up in uh, Apple iTunes, uh, Stitcher, etc. Um, it's also the first thing that comes up when you type in Chrono Trigger. So that's kind of cool. Or at least it was as of last time I checked. Um you can also check out Nick's show, um, The RPG Show. Uh, they, they're they still putting out content here and there. Uh, Cujo and uh, Saiten and Nick are all going to be putting out a show relatively soon over... Um, what is it? <laughs> you just told uh, me. I think we're talking about The Last of Us 2. The Last of Us 2, that's it. Yeah, that's one I won't be listening to until I actually play the game. But, um, yeah, so if you've played The Last of Us 2 yeah. or just don't give a shit, That'd be one that you should definitely check out. And they've got a huge backlog of evergreen content that you can listen to. Several episodes I, I guessed on. Kujo guessed on a lot of episodes. Just a lot of really great stuff there. Um, and, yeah, if I guess that's all our friends. I don't know. You can listen to the other crap I've put out, like Video Games the Movie, which we haven't done in years. But uh, you can reach me at uh, RetroCal, that's K-H-E-L, on Twitter. You can reach me via email. No one ever emails me. At SimmonBelmont at Outlook.com. Um, or you can find me on Facebook at Is It Worth a Podcast. Or you can find uh, Cujo and Nick at The RPG Show through Facebook or Twitter, I believe. Right? Sounds right. If you want to email us, just email uh, Blaine. And that works too. Or get on Discord. We're all on Discord for the RPG show. Uh, There is a link on uh, the RPG show. I believe it's therpgshow.com. Or if you type in uh, the 
or RPG show podcast into your uh, search bar. It'll it'll be the first thing there, and they've got a website with links to everything that I was just talking about, including all the garbage shows that uh, I've made in the past and whatnot are all being put there as uh, well we for ease of access. We own the RPGRoundtable.com. Oh, that's right. What you're listening to here, uh, the RPG Roundtable, and there is this will make, what, the sixth episode, the fifth or sixth episode of that, so... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to put some content out there uh, with COVID and everything. It's been hard to get anyone together, and um, you'd think it'd be easier, but uh, it's actually harder for some reason. Uh, I guess summer may play into that as well, but I uh, just wanted to get some content out there to you loyal listeners. Um, yeah, I got nothing else to say, so I don't know. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody.